Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ask the Amigos. This is a show where we take Discord's body of questions and give them a um, an answer. A body of answers. Yeah, a body of answers. Today, we're joined by special guest, The Brits. Hello, everybody. So he'll be weighing in with his hot, hot take, starting with Blue Train. Blue Train says, what do you think would be a hot take in the world of vintage computer gaming? Brent. Uh, hmm. I always thought the Turbo Graphics was better than the Nintendo and Sega. Okay. Was that 16-bit? Do, do you believe that? No, not necessarily. Oh, I thought these are hot takes you believed in. Oh. Yeah. Oh, What's okay. a hot take you believe? Oh, yeah. You're going to have to give me a second for <laughs> that. just make stuff up. <laughs> the TI hey, calculator is better than an Xbox One. <laughs> and me uh, alive. All right, go ahead. I've got one. Okay. All right, enough for him. Listen, I hate to break it to suckers. But this MIDI sound that you get on the PC, overrated, right? You listen to the intro of Monkey Island, everybody does a dance, and then no one cares. I'm telling you, that's overrated. That's my hot take. That's a good one. That's a good one. Brent? I mean, you're, you're going to have to give me a moment here. I didn't I didn't brief any of these questions beforehand. Go ahead, Boat. Listen, I'm the hot take machine. Yes, I was gonna say I know you got one. I have several about every computer. Yeah. Uh here's a hot take. Uh, Sid Sound, not the best sound chip in the world. Give me the pokey. Any day of the week, I'll take the pokey over the Sid. No, that is a do you really believe that? I'd rather listen to pokey music all day. Give that mule theme. Man, no, I, I'm going to disagree with that. I like the poke. You don't get me wrong, but over well, the Well, here's skin. the thing. I don't like the sawtooth. Give me the square any day. All right, man. It's the same with the Genesis. You know, the Genesis has that weird FM chip. That's one of those hot takes where it's literally ingrained in your mind. Like, no one's going to talk you out of it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, do, we, do you want to define hot take? You know, like, in your the way your brain works, maybe uh -huh. the sawtooth doesn't do it like the square. Right. It's a subjective view. You know. Go ahead, Brent. We're waiting on you. The TRS-80 was a better system than the ZX Spectrum. Oh! That's an incredibly hot take. Yeah. Are you going to try to defend that at all? Are you talking about the TRS-80 like Model 1? No, Model 3. The Model 3 was a better. Wow. But it's a hot take. Spicy. Man, that's unbelievable. And it's not because I just grew up with it. I've played plenty of ZX Spectrum games at this point. I've yeah. played, obviously, I've played tons of Model 3 stuff. And uh, I just think overall, <laughs> I, <laughs> they want to crop you out of the seat. <laughs> I think overall, that, not saying that the ZX Spectrum is a bad system by any means, but when compared side to side, I think it, I think the Coco reigns supreme. All right. Mm. We move on to Pajaco6502. He says, I have a dead Amiga 500 SCSI hard drive that I will rescue the data off one day. Spoiler alert, I can't. <laughs> is there something you own that is never coming back from the dead, but you just can't quite throw it out because maybe you'll get it working one day? I have one right off the top of my head. <laughs> i got to hear this. In 2003, yeah. I went to California to visit my friend Greg. We played golf in the desert. We, we drove around Los Angeles. I took all kinds of pictures. My first time to in and out I took a picture of the big yeah. burger I got. As soon as I got home, I popped out the card, put it in my computer, corrupt. And I've tried every way that I know how to uncorrupt this data, but I can't bring myself to throw away that that a compact flash. Yeah. Card. Listen, I've got I, similar stories. I've got old hard drives from back when I just got hard drives. I mean, they're ancient. They don't work. They click. They're done. 
but I can't throw them away because I'm thinking myself, one of these days maybe I can pull the platters out of them like some kind of idiot. And I've also got a bunch of tape backup tape, same thing. I've got them hanging around, but I can't throw them away. Have you ever looked at getting a backup tape like reader? Well, these are they're screwed up tape. Oh, you know, but I, the stuff on them I probably don't even need, but mm. I can't throw them away. I, I can't relate. I, I throw away crap that is dead all the time. Well, both throw stuff away that works perfectly. Brand new stuff. <laughs> so for him to hold on to something, it's a miracle. <laughs> David Hearn Ryder asks, Back in the Amiga's heyday, was there ever a console game that made you consider crossing platforms? Yes, David, all of them. Oh, you were... Well, both wasn't around in the heyday of the Amiga. I'll answer this one because I was absolutely around in the heyday. And the, the, the first couple that come to mind, right... Uh, uh, X-Wing was one. That was one of the big ones where I was like, man, I wish I could get that. But uh, it wasn't a console. Uh, so uh, I'd have to say console-wise, it would be definitely be like something like a Street Fighter II or something that there was a 0% chance we're getting a good version of. Mm-hmm. You know, or, or because they just were, it wasn't happening. But the games, there were a couple games that I thought, man, another one was Magic Carpet. That was when my, my buddy was like, look at this game. And I was like, man, we're not getting that. And then, of course, something like Doom, we weren't getting that. You know, so there were plenty of them. But, I mean, this is after the Amiga had been riding high for a while. It's not like it was like an instant dud. Mm. But there were just some stuff you weren't getting. because, And you also knew the Amiga wasn't popular enough here. That was a big, you know, despite what some people say, it wasn't. We weren't getting the AAA titles anymore. And really, in some ways, we never got them. Even just the flow of games, if you look at, you know, what was coming out on the NPSC market was a fraction of what was coming out. Yeah, way. yeah. Now, see, I was, I'm was i the other way around. Obviously, I spent almost all my gaming on console. But I remember watching and listening to the intro of Blood Money. I had no idea what Blood Money was, yeah. game-wise. But that intro was incredibly awesome. It made me incredibly jealous. Yeah, and it's a great song. Dude. It's one of the all-time yeah. great songs. Unfortunately, you have to play the game. Actually. The game's yeah, not bad. I've got to respect the game I didn't have back in the day. I played It's hard. incredibly hard. It is hard. Um, Adam from Commodore Chronicles says, What product feature created for convenience ended up being something you can't stand? For example, my answer would be the automotive door cup or bottle holder. I seldom use it and can't stand it when people leave anything in it. What? Boy, don't ever come to my house. <laughs> I don't know if I can get myself worked up about that. Yeah. I know something right off the bat. All right. Uh, those charge pads for like, like, like you put your phone like on, chargers. I hate them. Mm. I hate them. I have such problems with them. I'll think it's charging or it is charging, right? And it a, a cat will bump it or someone will just nudge it just far enough to knock it off to where it's charging, but it's still physically on the pad, I don't use them. I, I'm done with them. I just plug all my stuff into charge. I got one. I'm going back to cars. And this is going to sound dumb, but guess what? It's the it's automatic win, automatic window, up and down window, you know, motor. Every car I have, those things break, and they suck, and they're expensive to change, and they put cheap crap in them. I really just have a window I can literally roll up and down. And while we're on the subject, the automatic locks in the car, and they they make the kid version where you've got to unlock the door two or three times, make all the doors. I hate that too. Get that out. One of the things I missed from back in the old days, if I wanted to wind it down, I would just roll it down. I didn't roll it down. I didn't hope and pray that it would roll back up. 
because the thing might have broke. I've lost three of those in my Jeep. Well, let me say something more about the Jeep than the technology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was about to say, huh, I've never had one of those go out. Man, I have. I've had them in other cars, too. What about you? You know, there's a lot of things that, that anger me. No kidding. <laughs> I don't know if any of them were created for convenience, though. I mean, I honestly can't think of anything that somebody created to make life easier that I just despise. The, your answers were good, though. Both of your answers were good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just I got nothing on this one. You're a, you, this is one area where you're a happy boy. I am. Yeah, I am. I like convenience. Chris Folds asks, did either of you ever have a Tamagotchi? Yes. What did it tell us about it? Uh, it was just a little uh, dot matrix pet that, they you, all, they that all you would are. feed. But was uh, it like a little cat or was it like a fish? Oh, no. Or? Mine was like a, a dinosaur or something. Okay. It was a nondescript pet thing. And you could feed it and you could play games with it. Uh, also had a Furby back in the day, mm. which was a far more complicated Tamagotchi. I never have had a Tamagotchi. I, I always look at those as like having another job. It's like you got this thing, and you got to feed it, and you got to take care of it, and you got to walk it. Don't you play the farm game though? Isn't that? Aren't you doing that same crap? No, that, I don't. I don't like those games either because they end up feeling like work. I like you. What's that game that you? I play love? Animal Crossing. That's the one. But yeah. that has zero to do with a farming game. You don't have Tamagotchi. to feed anything. You don't have anything. to do anything. Yeah. You can sit there and do nothing. Did you ever play that Farmville on Facebook or when that was I a big deal? That was the thing. I get these messages. I'd sign up for it one time because somebody kept getting. I thought I'd, I didn't mean to, and in occasion I would get this message that said like your goat's dead or something. I'd be like, what the heck? Happened? I guarantee it never said it was dead. It was dead. My goat's dying or dead or your farm's on fire. I was like, what farm? <laughs> you starved your children. Yeah, all good now. I yeah, uh, I looked at all the tamagotchis one time somebody had. I was like, they're like, yeah, you get to feed it every day. I was like, eh, here, take this back. I, I can't. I want to feed me. I every like day. the idea. The idea that you have a sort of like always existing electronic buddy, but the problem is, is that the electronic buddy gives you no no enjoyment. Yeah. Like, well, no, you can play games with them. So describe one of the games. Always oh, be like jump rope or the or uh, it, really, and when you played the games, it was. Mainly, you were controlling him while you played a game. Okay, so it wasn't like you were... There was yeah. no interactive component where the, the, the thing was... They've like, got to make the games bit more exciting <laughs> than the process of you had to feed the thing. They, it's got to somehow be cooler than having to go to that crap, and it's not. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that the, 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 the appeal was that this thing is always alive and it exists in real time with you. I just don't need that kind of guilt in my no, life. No, God, no. I can, I've got a kid. It's right. like a real-life type of God, <laughs> David Herm Ryder asks, it's 1994, and it's your job to pitch Rise of the Robots to the unsuspecting public. What do you say to promote it without telling a bald-faced lie? Well, I mean, I think they did almost everything perfect. Yeah. They said <laughs> that they showed the graphics, mm -hmm. and when, when they are still, they look awesome. Mm -hmm. They said a famous guitarist was playing mm -hmm. all the music, which wasn't true. They said it was smarter and better than Street Fighter, and if you played Street Fighter, you were geek. They also released it for every conceivable system, and they didn't release release pre-release copies, so no one could review it. These were all brilliant moves. Mm -hmm. Here's the things I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have 
uh, uh, not use the famous guitarist. I would have actually put it for example. I would have let you select more than one character, for example. No, no, no. You can't well, change the game. Mean, no, but I mean, you can at least release something. I mean, they released no, no, something no, no. that was horrible. The question is, how would you pitch the game as it was to make consumers excited? It's hard to do much more. That's well, because yeah, I mean, their hype campaign was off the yeah, charts. Right, and, and that, I think the, the core of his question is, how would you have done it? The way that they did it was perfect for selling units, but yeah. it was countless lies. Yeah. Is there a way that you could have sold moved copies of this game without selling lies? No, absolutely No, there is. Yeah, you just completely tout the graphics over everything else. You don't mention gameplay. You don't mention story. You don't mention playable characters. All you do is show screenshots and videos. Right, would you, but would you sell more copies than I did with lying? No, that's okay. not what the question was. I'm just saying. I don't think there's a better way to do it. And so, and there, I don't think there's any way to make money on that game without lying. A lot. I and lying to yourself, too. I agree with Brent. I think that there have been plenty of games that have been hyped on solely the graphics alone. And you could have done that, but it would have not have been successful. Oh, as... I mean, I agree. If you're going to hype it, graphics are the only. I mean, in the music, you, you, you bring out Brian May, and you just you don't even mention the fact that he doesn't actually play on it. You just Brian May lays it, he comes out, he waves, he waves. Like, and then he walks back off stage. And he does like a little punch or kick. <laughs> what if Brian May fought a robot with his guitar on stage? Listen, now, that you, would be cool. You can't improve the game. That's a secret. That's a, yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul, aka Hermsky, asks. When was it the first time you do it dawned on you that your childhood gaming hobby would continue long into adulthood? I don't think there was every every any doubt in my mind that it wouldn't. I don't think I even knew that it would go anything would goes away ever. I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, I would change. Like, there was there was a time in my life when I realized that I was going to have to stop playing baseball because I just sucked so bad that it was an embarrassment to God and man. But uh he didn't see the Luger, but and his team with video games like there, I've played video games nonstop since you know all the way up through now. So. Yeah, yeah, and, and also I, I wanted to have a job in video games, which kept my interest even on that side. Uh, I wanted to do three D modeling in games, so that it mine was just like a spider web. Mm -hmm. It had all kinds of different interests, so there was no way I was ever not going to be playing games. I will, say, I will say, though, that if it hadn't been for the sort of retro community collector market where I was able to talk to other people that had more memories of playing, because I don't play modern games. I just don't, um, except for very, very few. Um, but if I hadn't discovered there was a community of people that also enjoyed old games, I don't think I would be in as deep as I am now. You're yeah. a deep brother. Oh, yeah. I'm now, see, I, I play just as many new games as I do old games yeah. now. Uh, but it's all I do play games differently. Uh, in my childhood, my early teens, I played everything one player. Now I play, and then as I went to college and late high school, it was kind of a mix. And now I almost exclusively play multiplayer newer releases. Because it's, it's, yeah. it's a major social Yeah, it's thing. a social yeah. thing now, just as much as it is just play to play. Mm. Paul's second question is, do you see yourselves playing games when you're into your 80s? No. I don't think I'll live that long. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be long yeah. dead before I Yes. I will be playing games in my 80s. What are okay. you looking at me like that for? You don't okay. think I will? Lord Soup asks, have you ever looked at a SNES... And heard Chuck Heston say, 
from my cold, dead hands like I have. I sold my Super Nintendo, Lord Soup. I like Charlton Heston as an actor. He's got that gravelly voice. You know what I'm saying? He uh, 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 has played biblical characters. He's played studs, tough guys. Uh, and the fact that you're going to pry the NES, the Super Nintendo from his cold, dead hand, I like it. That much said... I'm sure if you were ever to have asked Chuck Hester what an NCS was, he would no idea <laughs> what it was. You know, so he, maybe the blaster you could pry from his hand. There, there is no. I mean, the only console I had any attachment to was the NES. Uh, and not saying I don't like other consoles and stuff, but that was the only one I had an emotional attachment yeah, to. Yeah, I'm the same way. And guess what? It got stolen. So <laughs> there, you go. there you go. So they did pry it. I-S-2 Scooby. It's funny, when you read somebody's name aloud, you notice letters that you never did yeah, before. Yeah. Um, is there a particular snack you associate with playing games in an arcade? Uh, as a youth, I didn't consider my time in an arcade well spent if I didn't open at least one bag of Cool Ranch Doritos or Funyuns and had a can of Orange Crush. I'll start things off. All right, go All ahead, right. So when we were in high school, we went to Rock Lake, and they did this thing called Midnight Madness. And one of the things that you got was the bag of popcorn with that. And so that's what I think of. I didn't I wasn't in arcades before that time. So that's what I associate, the bag of popcorn. Uh, I, there was an arcade near my uh, house in Kentucky. It was called uh, Tony's Arcade. And there was also the Ar Kentucky Arcade. But Tony's <laughs> Arcade I went to a lot because it was literally my neighborhood. It was great to have a neighborhood arcade. And one of the things you could do at Tony's was smoke in the arcade and have pop or whatever at the arcade. So I would have I would get me a pack of cigarillos mm. and a cold one and just sit there and play pinball and I loved it and I hate to say it because smoking's bad but if you're gonna smoke uh, sitting in front of a twister or something and and have it and puffing away while you're drinking a cold one was a great way yeah. to spend a Saturday night and you do feel like a stud when you're I was a stud yeah you're right I was great yeah. and the thing is now can you not smoke anywhere anymore that's out like that's why I stopped going to bars. Cause I don't smoke, but when I'm at a bar or something, I kind of wanna, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, uh, you, and there are very few arcades gonna let you have a pop. They had cup holders and ashtrays built into the pinball machines, but you know those stick. Yeah. Well, with the barcades, you still, yeah, they you have can, tons of bars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I'm saying like a, an arcade like that, you're not gonna be smoking in it for sure. They want no one will let you smoke near because it's bad for the machine yeah. too. You know. I it, when I was. Uh, Pre-teen and early teen, so like 11 to 14, there was a place, I, there were two arcades in my mall, Goldmine and Goldmine 2, and between those two arcades was a cookie store, and <laughs> yes. at that cookie, cookie store, junction. you could buy giant cream-filled cookies. Oh, it was man. a giant... I still get those all the time. <laughs> it was a giant oh, man, chocolate chip <laughs> cookie, and then... Filled with cream, just which is basically just sugar yeah, and sugar thick. icing. Yeah, they were thick. And then another cookie on top. Like and they that cost thick. they cost a dollar twenty five. Oh man! Back then, Those they're so way good. more now. Yeah. But I remember because I would usually have five dollars to go to the arcade, and I remember I would sacrifice a dollar twenty five, which rounded up to a dollar fifty because of tax. Yeah. And I would sacrifice that almost every time I went to the arcade. Because I would play at one arcade until there was nothing else left to do, switch to the other arcade, and in between those, I'd get a giant cream-filled cookie. Yeah, you made the right call. It's funny, I love those, but I hardly ever had them. 
because I was I just never thought to get. Oh, they it. are they are. Well, it's funny, you know, when you went you when you were in high school and you went to ratings with the band, and you always got to go to the mall afterwards. Yep. Well, guess what? I get to do that every single year of my oh, life. There you go. And every time I go to the Great American Cookie Company and get me one of those, and I feel slightly. Wasn't that wasn't that place wasn't that place used to be called Cookie Junction? Wasn't that what it was? It called? was. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, that was, and it was an off-brand. It was a mom and pop store. Yeah, mom and the, pop put together good. The Great good American sandwich. Cookie Place is a chain. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Chris Folds asks, I heard that the 80s arm wrestling craze is making a comeback in North America. What other wacky craze from the 80s would you like to see come back? I'd like to see really, uh, like, the loud neon apparel come back. I want to see people walking around with, like, blaze, neon orange, and purple clothing. I love big hair. I love big hair. I was I was so sad when uh, uh, big hair started falling out of fashion. Um, jean jackets, mm-hmm. you know? I yeah. like jean jackets. I never had got to have one either, but I always wanted one. My buddy... Red had a jean jacket with a bunch of cool like pins on it, and on the back he had a big airbrushed picture of CC Deville from Poison. Mm. Like, I don't know who that is. Is that he's a guitarist for Poison? Okay, CC, you know, and he had the big pink hair, and he had to play guitar. And I thought, and I'm not a big fan of Poison, but I thought to myself, hey, that you're doing pretty good there. Yeah. I thought. Chris Folds also asks, when the Queen, rest in peace, had her coronation as a nation, we got a new delicious sandwich filling. Simply called coronation chicken. Huh. With King Charles's coronation, what food do you think as a nation we should eat to remember the occasion? Chip well, beef. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because chip beef is is often seen as an army food, and he was in the army, wasn't he? Yeah. So yeah. bam, there you he go. He got his legs tangled up in a parachute. I chip think. beef. Uh, well, I, I, you know, he'd been waiting forever, so I'm trying to think what the most aged meat is. Something like a salami or a sausage that's been around for like 30 years, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere uh, in a salt mine. Maybe like hard tack. Hard tack, yeah. You know, because he's been around and he's old and he's beat down. And he, you can tell he's not in the mood to put with any crap. He's not pretending to do stuff. He's not being cordial. He's like, listen, I, you look what I'm having to back up here. And I'm me. So what am I going to do? Well, he's just going to be a, a gruff old king. And I like that. Gruff old king. David Z asks, in a fight, would the Star Wars Galactic Empire defeat the Star Trek Federation? Oh, man. That is the million-dollar question. No! The Federation has shields. Well, but the Federation not exist in Star Wars? No. Okay. I I mean, not not to... They do. do. They do do. exist. But not not to the extent that... How do you know? What? How do you know they wouldn't hold up the Federation's firepower? They've got plant. They've got guns that can blow up a whole planet. Well, if you're fighting a planet, that's great. So here's why the Federation would win. I'm going to tell you right now. It's one, uh, two simple words: time travel. That's all you need to say. I've never seen a Star Wars where someone went back in time. That's right. And we know the Federation knows how to do it. They've done it tons of times. Mm-hmm. And so they would just go back and be like, "Why, why, baby emperor?" And then they'd put a phaser up the baby's hiney. Pull the trigger till it went click, and then go back, and there's no empire. Bam. That's the answer. Okay. Uh, is to Scooby asks, have you ever had an exotic pet? Exotic as in something other than a dog, cat, etc. Uh, I had an iguana growing up. It actually belonged to my brother. 
And that was one of the worst mistakes that was ever made in the Schaller household was bringing that iguana home. Because here's the thing about iguanas. When they're about this big, they're kind of cute. Yeah. But iguanas get huge and they get nasty. Okay. Yeah. And you try and lift it up and that thing will thrash its tail like a velociraptor. Yeah. It's no good. Yeah. Don't they, get Luke and Iguana. They, don't worry. They hiss too, don't yeah. they? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, get one of those. Are you nuts? <laughs> Getting that. No well, I, well, I didn't personally own it. I've known uh, tons of close friends that have had snakes. Like, beat them mice type snakes. Yeah. Aaron? No, I don't, I don't, I've never had an exotic pet. I, I, one quick story. My roommate in college was one of these people that collected exotic pets. And at one point he had uh, turtles, snakes, all kinds of flora and fauna. And, uh, and we were in a dorm. And so, in one day his snake got constipated. Oh, that could happen to a yeah, snake? Yeah, and what he had to do was he had to lay it out on the, on the, on the carpet and then slowly, like, press down and, like, press all the nonsense out of there. It was disgusting. That is that is vile, but yeah. well done. So don't don't get a snake eater. That's a horrible, that's a horrible story, yeah. my friend. Ball python. That was the snake that he had. Okay. Here we go right here, bud. Pajaco asks, which game or games that you discovered through doing the show have now become new favorites, and did they oust any existing titles? There's no doubt that some games out aren't as good as I remember them, you know, and and would, and I will say, having been on the, doing the show, they, I'm like, eh, this isn't as good as I remember. In terms of games that have entered my wheelhouse, I mean, I, the first one I always say, but it's, it's true, would be Chaos, because it's one I play a ton with the boy, uh, so that one would be up there. Do you have one that comes springs to mind? For me, it's mostly ARG games, because you guys tend to play a lot, you know, more wacky titles, it seems like, than we play on Amigos. So stuff like Outhouse, I love. Yeti, freaking amazing. Yeah. Um, the Amiga stuff, there's really nothing. Pushover, I guess, is probably one that, like, I would play again, but that's as close as, like, I would come to adding a favorite to the Pantheon. Even even though I, I downed it during the episode, and I still don't think it's necessarily a good game, uh, I have played through Stranglehold again. Um, again, yeah. it, it's not because I was necessarily compelled to do it. Uh, it's just it's fun to go through the cinematic things that it allows you to do. It's also that game. There's crap going on everywhere. It's, it's yeah. totally well, insane. Yeah. Um, oh, one that we did uh, double back on the Coco. Yeah, that actually is that has turned into one of my favorite games. So yeah, I'll say that. Um, is to Scooby asks, how do you feel about having fans? You guys put out a ton of video content that well, brings me a lot of entertainment and connectedness. So I count myself as a fan. Did you have to come to terms with that, or did it feel natural? Well, I think I told this story before when I walked into Amiga Ireland the first year, and people looked up, and it was the old Homer Simpson. People know my name, and I don't know theirs. <laughs> and they were like, Luke's here. Do you see him? Is that really yeah. happened? That really happened. That's hard to believe. And no so, offense to you, because, I mean, you're a big deal. Because most of the time, we, we, we do this show, but we're sitting in a room, and there's people on the other side of the screen, but we don't really, I mean, it's not like they're real. Right. We know you're all bots. <laughs> and so, um, thank you for your bot cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when I, when I went to a place, and both fest was kind of like that, too. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, I don't ever consider anyone to be fans of a show because of this show. 
but they're I would consider them friends of mine because I that it's ludicrous. I to consider them to be little people. No, no, wow. oh, that's horrible. <laughs> no, I yeah, uh, I yeah. Uh, uh, I don't look at it like a fan relationship. Like when I get like, uh, for example, I get on uh, our Discord and chat with someone. Like we're just, we're just like a, it's like a big club. You know what I mean? I just the loud jerk that has the microphone basically at the club. I don't so it's, so I don't ever look at it as like a fan because that's insane to look at it that way. And also I feel like a, a arrogant jerk to think that you know it just doesn't make any sense to me. Now Brent on the other hand. He talks about fans all the time and uses that word all the time. What do you think? I do. You do. I listen to you all the time. Like, yeah. He called his My, fans. <clears throat> I know. I say supporters. You say fans all the time. I, I, I honestly can never recall oh, okay. time I've used the word fans. We'll take no, care of him later. <clears throat> no, I, but like, I, I, I am astounded that uh, people give us money and things. Um, and continue to support us but I, I mean I have somewhat of an understanding of that because I do that as well to to people uh, and organizations that I like but I don't think of that as fandom I I don't know well here's the thing I consider myself to be a fan of all kinds of stuff like I'm a fan of bark bits music I'm a fan oh, of yeah. all podcasts that doesn't make me some sort of like creepy Weird guy. Yeah, but they're great. Is my point. Listen, don't underestimate your oh, Listen, <laughs> would you stop? David Hearn Ryder asks, "Do you see an electric vehicle in your near future?" Well, if they the physically counts, if they physically make us drive one, then I do. Otherwise, no. They're too expensive, and for living in this state right now, given the current levels of technology and the amount of money that is involved, no. I would love. I can't stress this enough, folks. I would love to go to the car store and pick up an electric vehicle. And they're like, listen, this will get 300 miles to a charge. And I can drive it to work and back at night to pay gas. And it doesn't cost me tons. I would love to sign me up. But unfortunately, that's not how it works. There's no electric car dealership in our state. Yeah. <clears throat> our, well, our state has stuff to like make you not buy the electric car. I'm seriously. <laughs> no, it and does. good luck trying yeah. to find a place to charge your mm-hmm. electric car. Well, the other problem is uh, our... Uh, landscape is not, not very electric car friendly. No, it's va- it's only vaguely car friendly. <laughs> uh, Pajako sixty five hundred two asks, when we inevitably get to the point where I can ask computer a computer AI to make me a game about cheese oh, or a movie man. about zombie teddy bears, do you think that will kill or blow the doors wide open on creativity? That's a it's a good point. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna blow the doors wide open on creativity because if you ask AI to create something for you, it's never gonna be. We're a long way from uh, overcoming the uncanny valley where things are gonna seem weird. But you can take the prompts, you can take the ideas that that gives you, and you can slightly tweak them and morph them into something that is really cool and really original. I like the idea of having like AI art. And taking bits and pieces of that and using my awesome Photoshop skills to make cool stuff out of it. You do have the skills. I think it will blow the doors on creativity, and I think I don't think we're that far from it happening. Listen, I I'm a believer in AI. I've come around big time the past two years. I think we're not too far from AI writing. In fact, it may already happen, and, and we just don't know it. I don't. I'm not. We're not too far from AI writing hit records. Uh, and uh, AI making art pieces or even coming up with TV shows. 
and they can use AI to do this based on feeding information into it about what people like. You know, a very creepy sort of, I mean, listen, I'm not happy about it. I mean, part of me is, because I'll be able to use AI to do a bunch of weird stuff, but I mean, for the most part, freaking, we're getting to the point now where they can doctor up stuff by feeding you what you don't even know you want based on past behavioral uh, traits and and uh, popular, uh, you know, pop, the popularity of various aspects of the show or song or art piece or whatever. So I absolutely think it's going to come in there, and it's going to be... I don't think we'll know it happened for a while. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not already happening. Let's just put it that way. I, I think that uh, uh, it will it'll actually devastate the industry. Because here's the thing. It is one thing to write a game or have an AI write a game that ticks all the marks. It is quite another thing to have an AI uh, be able to do that with a coherent and and meaningful story or coherent and meaningful uh, environment. And I, I don't think that an AI, I don't think we're even in the remote ballpark. So let's say that it does happen, right? I think the AI is going to write a program just like it is taught to write a program where it gets bonus feel goods for adding things that people like, but there's parts of games that you want to be in there, even though they're not your favorite. And I think that when you leave that kind of stuff out, it actually hurts a game. Let me ask you a quick, before we move on, just a quick question. Uh, yes or no, has AI been used to create a hit song, hit show, or a piece of art that we in the past two years and we didn't know about it. AI like, exclusively, like no, just hit it, a button. No, it's been it's been used to craft. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, I and mean, then that's humans took, but that no one knows that AI was involved. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Um, Pajaco sixty five zero two asks. I once opened my twenty something year old stepson's bedroom door whilst he was playing video games and chatted to his friends online and said quite loudly. Hey, dude, does this rash look serious to you? <laughs> he was not amused. What is the most embarrassing dad thing you've ever done? First of all, Pajaco only looks to be about 20 years old himself. can't believe he has a 20-year-old stepson. Yeah, it's crazy. God, I've done a lot of crazy stuff to the kid. Sometimes I'll just open up his door and walk in and throw stuff at him. Sometimes, especially when he's talking to his buddy. Sometimes I'll talk to his buddy and so he can't talk to him on the phone. Uh, I... Sometimes I go in there and just uh, pour stuff on him. I, th- I, dump, I dump blankets on his head. So I do all kinds of stuff. I just get bored, you know. And so uh, sometimes I'll turn the lights off and close the door. I've turned the power off in his room a couple of times with the, the fuse box, you know. So uh, uh, I'll, sometimes I'll peck on his window out from outside just to see, see what he does. You know, I think what you're describing is tormenting. <laughs> yeah, that, all that stuff isn't really embarrassing to him. Yeah, that's more just tormenting. I don't know. There's also photographs. I think funny photographs of him sleeping. But see, it's, it gets embarrassing that's when embarrassing. you text that to his, his friends, then it becomes embarrassing. Well, I don't. I wouldn't do that. But it's it's embarrassing to him. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. As long as he's embarrassed, it counts. When uh, <clears throat> we were out at a family dinner, I told, and we. Uh, the kids that ordered drink, and, and my daughter ordered a a iced tea, and it had a wedge of lemon in it. 
And I told her, I said, you know, if you put salt on that and bite into it, the salt makes the lemon taste sweet. It tastes just like lemonade. Yeah. So she was like, oh. And she did it and and just screamed when she bit into it because salt doesn't make lemons taste sweet. <laughs> uh, and, and, of course, people around looked at her and, and wondered what was going on. Mr. Rocket asks, Laurel and Hardy or Abbott and Costello? Laura and Hardy was before my time. Not, okay. like, not like Abbott and Costello. Well, they were way before mm-hmm. my time. Abbott and Costello were more of they were they were also way before my time, but I saw more of them on TV. So I'm gonna say Abbott and Costello. That much said, I got nothing against Laura and Hardy. Don't get me wrong. But I just grew up with more because Abbott and Costello used their movies just get played a lot on like TV and Sunday mornings and stuff, so I'd catch a lot more of them. So I would say them. Yeah, same. One hundred percent. I don't know if I could even know who the difference between any of those four people are. There's a big difference. Well, Abbott and Costello. You couldn't describe a- Abbott and Costello. No. Like, right. if, like I know, like there. Do both? All, of, well, I was going to say, do both of these guys have a fat guy and a thin guy as part of the team? Yeah. Okay. That, that, that's all I know about either of them. So you can interchange <laughs> them, and I would not. Know. That, that's fair. Warren Hardy had more of an adversarial relationship where. Adversarial for his advocate, like Bud Abbott uh, uh, was just put up with Costello's dumb antics, I guess is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam from Commodore Chronicles writes Have you had catastrophic, actually dangerous failure of vintage hardware? For example, I had a 12 inch IBM PS1 era monitor catch fire in my bedroom. Oh man. Well, of course. There's the GS that's well documented, literally, that blew up. But I've blown up tons of stuff. I, like, I've told the story where I put the cash in the IBM one time when I was drunk, and I was, and I was carving it out of there with a with a knife, and I ripped it out, ripped up all the the leads on the motherboard with a you know trying to get the cash out. I've blown up power supplies. I mean, I blew up an arcade monitor one time by dropping an iPack in it while it was on. Mm-hmm. I was, I was trying to mount a vert monitor. I've done that. Jump pop and stuff lots of times. That just happened, actually, so I get that all the time. You know, I've killed lots of stuff, but yeah. I don't think I've ever had anything actually physically catch fire. So I've always got something to work for. Do you remember the... Uh, <clears throat> it's funny, this is topical. Because we were talking about the new Stephen Jones Kickstarter. Do mm-hmm. you remember the arcade board that you, we were using that... Yeah, heard the GBS eighty. That thing is actually part of one of the yeah. little fins that go into yeah. that thing, and I laughed when I saw it. But I thought about you because I've never been able to coax that thing back into working mm-hmm. after after messing it up. Yeah, well, you know, you what what you do is you just put all kinds of metal wires right there on the board and power it up. Listen, if, if there's not a box involved, boat's in trouble. Yeah. What about you, the Brent? No, nothing. <laughs> um, Chris Folds asks, how do you stay motivated? I guess in terms of the show, not just getting out of bed in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's much harder, actually. I mean, when it's cold and frost, I'm just like, oh god. Uh, you want to answer that one? Yeah, it's you. What? Yeah, right. Yeah, you are the only reason why I keep doing the show. Me? Think, yeah, I want you to be happy. Are you kidding me? Everything. Don't saddle me with no. that. I mean, that's just that's the why I keep doing it because it's like I like being around. Why you. do you do streams? You can hang out with me if the show wasn't happening. No, I don't think so. You come you'd over all busy. the time. You'd be busy with Luke. What would you I be doing? Have time for me. What would I be doing? Without the show, we would both just walk around like this. 
That's true. You know, we've been doing the show for so long that I have a hard time thinking about what I'll do when we don't have the shows anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. It's funny. I was just talking to Chad about this because Chad gives me grief all the time the Chuds here. He was over here last night. And he was telling me, it's like, you know, uh, you do this all the time. You know, it eats up all your time. Like, And I told him, I was like, listen, what do you do all the time? Well, he sleeps a lot. Like, I was like, you know, I get more done. And there's a and so what motivates me often, well, I mean, except for panic, is, I mean, it it's good to accomplish stuff. Does this sound dumb to anybody? I mean, it's just I like to I do more now than I've probably ever done, not just with the show, but I have I keep lots of I got lots of stuff going on. I've got my little art projects, my TV, my pinball computer. I've always got something cooking. It's not because I'm King Dong. It's just because I like to get, I like to accomplish something. You only go through life once, get something done for God's sake. And so if we're cranking out shows and having a good time, as long as like we've discussed a long time ago to make sure it was going to be fun, you know, if it wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it. I mean, that's and it's got we didn't really thought we were going to make dime one ever. I I thought we'd be incredibly well. No, I never thought we. I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know you could make money from a podcast. No one told me that. And then and me and the brand, we didn't think we were going to, I'm surprised. He, Brent literally was like, hey, Brent, I need somebody to fill in for ARG. Vote quit. And Brent was in. And, then, and so we kept on trucking. But it's fun. That's what's fun about it is that uh, all the work and stuff, I mean, uh, there's a lot of editing and a lot of equipment that makes you go crazy. Yeah. There are days it's always it's always the equipment that ends up being the, the, the source of anger and resentment. You know, but I mean, it's uh, it's fun. And it's I've met so many great people. I know this is so corny, you know, but uh, I mean, think of all the people we know. I talk to my buddy at work, and anytime something comes up, I, I can say like, hey, I know this guy, blah, insert X here. I know a guy in Finland. I know a guy who... Uh, uh, worked for you know Skype, and I know a guy that lives in Australia and he fixes sewing machines, and I know you know all this crazy stuff. Lives in New Zealand. I'm so old. Oh, yeah, you're right. My bad. Sorry, Gary. My point is that it's, that's part of the fun. You meet a lot of people. As long as you're having a good time. What about you, the Brent? Well, I also I enjoy the research aspect of it. I mean, these are computers and games and concepts that I would never research on my own. No, I mean, there's absolutely. I would have never known about, uh, uh, you know, <clears throat> half the systems we've looked at. I would have never played half the games. 90% of the games that I've played, yeah. I would have never played. I didn't think about uh, that part, yeah. But also, I, I like I like making people interested in my hobby. And uh, I stay motivated through a lot of people saying, oh, I'm glad you turned me on to this game, or... I've never heard of this before, but it looks awesome. Uh, I, I, I enjoy that a lot. Um, Lobsterminator asks, mainly for Boat, in your world travels, do you have any funny cultural faux pas stories or just things that have caught you by surprise in different countries? Um, I mean, in Korea, everything was a cultural. I was a walking cultural faux pas. <laughs> um, but that's expe people expected me to be that way. Um, the uh, the thing that always comes to mind <clears throat> that is that was unexpected for me was all of the things in England. I expected England to be uh, more like America, uh, but in a lot of ways it was. There were there's just so many words. There's so many words that we never ever use or never ever hear on TV shows. 
And a lot of it comes because it's regional dialects. You know, I was up north. And so uh, people would say, I'd say, well, you know, in school, I'd be like, well, what are you studying? Well, I want to be a, a, a barrister. What, right. do you, what do you think that is? Barista? A barrister? No, yes. it's like... That is what I thought. No, I was, but it's a, it's, a, it's a lawyer, right? Right, yeah. right. But... When you hear somebody say that, it's, it sounded like barista. Yeah, if they said I'm studying to be, right. I wouldn't think it was barista. Right. Well, it, 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 at first I was like, well, I, they didn't say that either. I was like, they, that came up in conversation. Yeah. And I was like, man, there's just a lot of people that are real into coffee and coffee <laughs> serving here. <laughs> really? How and long ago were you over there? This so this is when uh, the... Uh, the coffee craze here had already kicked in, right? With the I have no idea. Well, he was he was over there. In. So well, I've never you know. I've never heard of the term barista used that often until the uh, what's the name of the coffee place over here? There is Starbucks. Starbucks. I never heard of that even used hardly at all. So did you know about that term? Yeah, yes, because that's what I thought these people were saying. Okay, so you if might, I didn't know what it was, then I wouldn't have known well, what I mean, it I, was. I, thought, I guess what I'm saying is that is a more foreign term to me than barrister. <laughs> oh, I, thought it was, I mean, it sounds real fancy. I, I, like I honestly, I honestly, you know, I knew what a barrister was dim, dimly. And yeah. Also, do you know what a rota is? I don't know what a rota is. No. Okay. Do you know what a rota is? Someone who works on the road. No, it's a, it's a work schedule. Yeah. yeah. I, it's a, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's just tons and tons of words every day. It was like five new words. So when you got to the UK and you spoke English, you didn't speak right. all the English. Right. Is what you're saying, exactly. That had to be fun. It was fun. Yeah. It was more fun because I knew that I had a backstop because the people could always understand me. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't understand it. It wasn't that way in Asia. You know, in Korea, nobody could understand me, and here I am calling up the English teacher at a payphone again. Trying to figure out where I am and how I'm going to get home. Now, did, did, <laughs> let me ask you: What do uh, if we have a barrister that's a that's a judge or whatever? What do they have the same words that we would refer to a judge or a lawyer as over there? It it's does, all a different. It's all a different vocabulary because their legal system is all sure. You know? Yeah, that makes sense too. I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's what comes. Good to one, vote. Is to Scooby asks, what are your recollections of the big video game crash of 83 to 85? <laughs> I can't remember much myself, even though I was at the exact age to be affected by it. I was two to four years old, so I was not affected by it. I, I remember all kinds of stuff. Well, the one, the main thing I remember, gosh, for an 83, how old were you? I would have been six, yeah. six to nine. Um, the main thing as a kid uh, was... Man, look at all these games that are out in the bargain bins. What that's what I remember. That was definitely one of them. I mean, they were they were giving mm-hmm. them away as quickly as they could, and so and I didn't know what a crash was. I didn't know what was going on. And by it's funny because it wasn't like between eighty three and eighty five. I had done what a lot of people I knew had done, which is left the Atari Center behind and went to computers. And so, and I've heard people say this before. And it's true. If you were a computer user. In eighty three to eighty five, you were you were doing pretty good. I had a Coco. There was all kinds of software for it. It was awesome. I was having a good time. My friends had C sixty fours, you know. And so we, we all we were in the money at the time. But if you were, I guess, and the thing is, back in those days, you weren't like, hey, I'm a console guy. Well, I'm a computer guy. We were just people. It's like use whatever you got. And I don't think anyone really at the time thought there was a crash. And you're a lay person. I wouldn't have known. I think the crash really existed more in the minds of the bottom line stockholders of these companies. That's right. And the thing is, we've seen, even though that's the crash that everybody talks about, 
We've seen similar things happen over and over again. Like, remember when the Dreamcast was on major cutout? I bought everything I could but get hold the, of. But the difference is the Dreamcast cutout was the Dreamcast. This was all the major players were going down the tube. Right. But, I mean, like, when the Jaguar went under, it was the same thing? Well, <laughs> most people don't remember the Jaguar exists. Well, that, yeah. But, I mean, like, I feel like I, I sort of have an idea of what it was like oh, because sure. of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and I was always happy when these things happened because I got lots of stuff for cheap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I remember I remember the games because I remember KB Toys had bins set up That's in front of KB Toys, full to the brim, overflowing with Atari games for like a dollar and two dollars. And they were almost they were often loose carts, mm-hmm. just carts in a big bin. Yeah. Now sometimes you would also get box games, but most of the time it was just carts. And then you would also find, uh, I mean, it was mostly Atari 2600 games, to be fair. Because really, in 83, I mean, you got to think, there weren't that many machines out in 83. So. Well, I remember, I remember, because that is, because we never owned an Atari 2600. Well, we eventually got one, but it was well after they'd become gone. Um, it was something that our cousins owned, and I remember being excited for all these games that were so cheap, because I'd be able to go to his house and, and play them. Yeah. The other thing I remember is storefront started losing arcade games. And because that was something like my dad and I would stand out front and I would play the arcade games while mom did the shopping. And I remember them starting to take those out and they started leaving laundromats. And I remember thinking, well, this sucks. Now I'm going to have to walk around the store with mom. Yeah. And it's exactly what happened. So I remember it. As, as a young lad, uh, uh, I mean, I didn't know why I was happening, of course, but I remember those arcade games started getting pulled out of more and more places. Yeah, I mean, arcades, they never crashed the way the console games did, but there was definitely a lull in sales yeah. at about the same time, up until the time that Street Fighter Two came out. The funny yeah. thing is, right before that happened, like, everyone had as many arcade games in their laundromat. I mean... Our grocery store devoted, they took a whole section of it and added on just to put a bunch of arcade games down in A to Z, or no, down the, the place near your house down there, the grocery right, store. CIS. Uh, they had a ton of big arcade mm-hmm. down there, and all these stores had arcade machines in them. Like, they were making money, you know, and yeah, you saw them build up, they would just, they would just go away, and yeah. then they just go back to the arcade. But I mean, it, the video game crash was just a crash in a industry that flopped over but it happened like i remember distinctly remember same thing kb toys they were busting all their role-playing stuff and so you could go in there and load up on, on dnd stuff because csr was floundering they had they had gotten over and then they were getting under you know so it happened but as a as a consumer all you saw was like man look at this i'm gonna load down mm-hmm. but i will say and all the times i saw cut out games stuff i don't ever remember in television or coleco being cut out games or seeing them giving them away in piles. It was almost all Atari. Yeah. You know, you or know. Odyssey. Do you remember them blowing it? I never remember Odyssey 2 games getting blown out. Yeah. And I, a lot of that, I wonder, has to do with, you know, the, the sort of the way that these machines or the, the, the cartridges were sold in regions, you know, and maybe we never got enough cartridges where there was an excess here in West yeah. Virginia. And also a lot of, I think a lot of the cartridges, for the, you got to think the 2600, they had more cartridges made, yeah. like overall. And also... Tons of returns. Right. You got siphoned off. Right. So there's also that. Um, Benz asks, what is, what's one thing you wish had been invented by now? 
Well, there's a lot of stuff in there. Yep. What's one thing? Um, I'm guessing bait somewhat within the genre of. I was gonna say teleporters would be great because I well, watch yeah, Star Trek. Well, the thing is, you realize, I mean, besides, you realize teleporters already exist. Oh, <laughs> no, my bad. Besides the 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 uh, unemployment that teleporters would instantly cause, right? It, that would be global. It'd be worth it. Oh my god. Plus the the safety concerns. Well, we don't know oh how safe they'd be. They're hypothetical. But I no, I don't. I mean, if they worked, right? And I could just be like, Boop, and like teleport, like the Oval Office. Well, no, you'd have to have it. It would have to be like Star Trek, where, but on the ship on both ends. Yeah. So you have like a teleporter. Well, station now you're just now. Wait, you can't guy. make up rules. No, I make That's the only work. way they'll ever work. Listen, I've done the research. I think. I think. Uh, uh, Two things come to my mind instantly that I thought would be we'd be further ahead on by now is uh, non uh, it's fuel basically non uh, uh, non gasoline non non uh, you know, petroleum based fuel and also I hate to say it because it's so generic but I mean I thought we'd be I thought we would have the flying car type situation by now we again the same thing they're they, flying cars you can have jetpacks right now. It's but, not for a consumer that could drive back and forth to work with a jetpack. Well, the, the there's a lot of logistics behind it. Uh, in a in a realm closer to feasibility, I thought we would have tactile VR by now. Yeah, that's another one. That's good. And yeah. I'm not talking holodeck. I know what you mean. Yeah. I just mean like a VR suit. that yeah. when you grab something, you're wearing gloves and it blows a little balloon, so it feels like you're actually holding. Man, something. at this rate, we're never going to get it. Um, Bartbit has what I didn't think of, but I have thought of in the past, and that's why can we not yet harness the energy of the sun in some way? I mean, besides solar power, but why can't we create nuclear fusion to power everything? It's just like you said, like getting past the... Uh, that is hard. And yeah, right. I think that's the problem. It's yeah. so hard. Yeah. yeah, if it wasn't, then we'd have it already. Yeah. All right. We have one more question. All right. It's the eternal question from Mr. Dave. He asks... Super Nintendo or Genesis? Super Nintendo. Yeah, Super Nintendo. That's what I grew up on. Listen, the, the Super Nintendo is the superior machine. All right, we could all agree on that. But the Genesis was that underdog machine that was always fighting from down under, and they jumped, they clawed their way before the Super Nintendo came out. They got themselves on top for a Well, while. in the U.S. market. With all that said, man, Super Punch-Out ain't on the Genesis, brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right, and that's going to do it for this double month's edition of Ask the Amigos. We'll be back on a regular monthly schedule in January. So if you are on our Discord server, you can post a question, and we will answer it next time. If you're not, head on over to patreon.com slash amigospodcast, and we would love to welcome you into our community. We will see you guys next time, and until then, adios. adios.